All right, Judges chapter 7. And it's a long chapter, so I'm not going to read every single verse, but I'm going to read most of the verses and give you... Uh, exactly. And give you um, uh, the, the best summary that I could of this chapter. Judges, <laughs> Judges chapter 7, starting at verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men for me to deliver Midian into their hands. In order that Israel may not boast against me that her own strength has saved her, announce now to the people, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will sift them for you there. If I say, this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues like a dog from those who kneel down to drink. 300 men lapped with their hands to their mouths and the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your own, into your hands. Let all the other men go each to his own place. So I wanted to, I want to just bring out a couple of points first, before I go on. First of all, what, what I love about this story is that God wants Gideon to know I am going to, 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 to really, uh, uh, um, cut down your army and, and put it to, to such a small number. You know, the, na the, the, the note attached to this says, never in history was there a more serious, uh, seemingly foolish plan of battle because they, there was like, what was, what was the number before? It was uh, 20, 22,000 men had left and 10,000 remained. So that's like, oh my math, 22,000 plus 10,000. That's a lot. And he whittled it down to 300. And the reason was God wanted to make sure that the people didn't look to their own strength or the might of their own army, but rather understood that it was God who gave them the victory. And I want to point that out for us because, and again, I'm not saying it's you guys, maybe somebody else who's listening afterwards, but it's easy to get caught up in a lot of the images and the videos and everybody's excited just remember something. The victory doesn't come from a truck. The victory comes from the Lord. When we, and I, when I say when, it's because when, not if. When we are finished with this battle, we're going to be able to look back and say, God has given us the victory. He told, he gave Gideon instructions. Gideon carried them out. And, and it just, it, it was a, a great way to show Hey, look, look at, look at what I can do. Look at what the Lord can do. I'm going to go to verse nine. During that night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up, go down against the camp because I am going to give it into your hands. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura and listen to what they're saying. Afterwards, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he, he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outposts of the camp. The Midianites, the, uh, 
the Midianites, the Amalekites, I said that one right, and all the other eastern peoples had settled in the valley, thick as locusts. Their camels could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. So they were coming up against a vast army. It was so, there was so many people that you couldn't even see, see all of them. And God was basically saying to Gideon, all right, you're going to take them down with 300 people. So, so if you're writing notes, if you're taking notes, take note of this. First of all, God only, God doesn't need the most. So if we're a minority, then let us be a minority because God can work with that. Because I've said it many times and I love saying it. It's like my favorite, my favorite uh, phrase. God plus one is the majority. So even if it seems like that the enemy is more powerful or it seems like there's more of them, it doesn't matter. Because once you have God fighting for you, you're going to win. That's okay, Ange, we forgive you. Let's jump down to verse 19. Um, actually, no, let me go up to verse 17. So, so these are some instructions that were given to the army. Uh, watch me, he told them, follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, then, all, then from all around the camp, blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the end, edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they had changed their guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their left hands and holding in their right hands the trumpets they were to blow. They shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon, while each man held his position around the camp. All the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. So, so let me just stop there. So they basically were making a lot of noise. They were blowing trumpets. They were, they were smashing jars. They were shouting. They didn't even, they didn't like fire a, 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 a shot or a sword or a, a, um, an arrow or anything. They were just making a lot of noise. And you know, the, the note attached to that says, every man stood blowing a trumpet and waving a torch. The enemy ran, cried, and fled like a great invisible foe was after them. And so it was, for the invisible God was, was causing an unusual confusion among them. I, I love that, that God caused an unusual confusion. That the, the, this army was huge. And they see 300 guys that must have looked like nothing. 300 of them making noise, uh, uh, blowing their horns, shouting breaking things in a good way not not in a uh, not in like a vandalism way but you know what i mean they were told to do that <laughs> and god caused an unusual confusion among them that they the, the, the israelite army didn't even have to do anything right they didn't even have to do anything the enemy ran and fled and cried verse 22 when the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. They turned on each other. I'm going to tell you something today. 
And I'm not saying it just because I want it to happen. I'm saying it because I know that it's going to happen. That our enemy are going to be, our enemies are going to begin to turn against each other. That God let the Lord cause an unusual confusion in the camp of our enemies. That all we have to do is stand there and make noise. And that's what we're doing because we're not quiet. Um, that's right, Sheba. This isn't the only one where the, where the Lord caused confusion in the enemy's camp, and and and, and the, his people didn't even have to do anything. Hi, Melena. Good to see you. Love Florida. That that's how we have to look at our situation, because we're not depending on people to save us. We're not depending on trucks. But but it's great to see. Now, don't get me wrong. I love to see it. I've been enjoying seeing it, because it it's showing. That, that we're not alone. It's showing that there are people in this country who stand for what's right and stand for what's just. And that is great to see. But they ultimately are not our savior. Our victory comes from the hand of the Lord. Let me keep reading. The army fled to Beth Shita. I don't know how to say that one. Toward Zer... Oh man. Okay, there's a lot of names. Anyways, they all ran away. That's the summary. <laughs> That's the summary. So God, God sent this confusion among them that they ran and they fled and they turned on themselves. And to, so the note attached to that one. To the natural man, using only 300 in battle would seem foolish. Something to make a victory impossible. But with God... All things are possible. The Christian believer is told that all things are possible and nothing shall be impossible for him who has faith. And I feel like, you know, even though it's not exactly the same, it feels like we're up against an army that, that is so huge and so vast that we're thinking like, you know, how are we ever going to beat them? But God showed, and, and like, like Sheba pointed out, this isn't the only time that, that, that we've seen God do this kind of thing. That he took a small, um, a minority army and gave them instructions and they followed it and God did the rest. And so I'm going to tell you tonight, I have three points to give you, but here's an extra one. Don't, don't worry or think that you've been defeated just because it maybe looks like nothing's changed. But I'm gonna I'm telling you this and I and I know it. I know it because people they're they're starting to turn on on each other. Just like we saw here in this story with Gideon. That the enemy now they, they don't know what to do. So they're they're just kind of like it's the same old tired stuff. I, I'm actually shocked that anybody even buys it anymore. I think it's kind of crazy. That you would listen to that and be like, oh yeah, that's true. It's terrible what they're doing. Oh, those crazy people, that crazy minority. I, I can't even believe that anyone would fall for that anymore. So number one, nothing is impossible with God when we cooperate with him. Gideon listened to everything that God said. I, I'm sure that Gideon probably thought to himself, God, um, you know, I have like these thousands of men and you want me to, to, to fight this huge army with 300? Mm, uh, okay, if you say so, 
But all you have to do is cooperate with God and nothing shall be impossible. I'm going to read you a, a verse in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. It says, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. A mountain is a seemingly unmovable object. That's what a mountain is. Something that you look at and you say, that thing's not going anywhere. But understand that when you cooperate with God, none, Sheba. When you cooperate with God, nothing is impossible. And, and so never see our current circumstances as something that's impossible because it might feel that way. You know, because like I said before, it's like, um, it's like they, they keep doubling down on their madness. I gotta put it that way. They keep doubling down on it, you know, and it, it almost starts to feel like, man, no matter what we do, it doesn't seem to work, but it's not done in our own strength. It's not up to us uh, uh, um, to figure out how we're going to win it. We just have to cooperate and be obedient and take our stand. That's what we have to do. That's our responsibility. And then God does what we can't do. And that brings me to number two. God will strengthen you for battle. And I'm going to read one of my favorite stories. I know we've heard it a lot of times. Um, but you can never hear it too much. Because uh, it's classic. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 15. Starting at verse 15. Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. You know, I just, I, I, I like, again, I, I love in the truck thing. I know, I know not everybody does, but whatever. I think it's great. Um, and it just made me think of that, you know, march down. And it's like, what, what have people done? They've marched towards where the enemy's camp is because we know where the enemy's set up although we don't really know because he, he could be anywhere <laughs> we're not sure where he is um an undisclosed location um well he can run but he can't hide right um tomorrow march down against the, against them and it's like that's what we're doing for the battle is not yours but god's so it's not up to us once we're there it's like, well, what now? Well, what now is, like Steph said, you keep praying and you keep standing. For the battle is not ours, but the battle is the Lord's. They will be climbing up. <laughs> they will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. Jeruel. <laughs> um, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. God will strengthen you for battle. There, there is a, a particular strength. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say this. Those of us who, who live here in Quebec, we're being strengthened in a way that we never have before because we've never had to deal with anything like this before. But there is a strength and, and, a, and, a, and a resistance that's being built up in us. That it's like you hear a headline, you're like, okay, whatever, try that, but it's, but it's not going to work. 
And maybe two years ago, we kind of like fell apart when you would hear certain things, but not anymore. Now it's kind of like, all right, give me your best shot, but it's not going to work. And now it's like, you see through all those things and you see through the lies. And it's like this, this strengthening that comes upon you. But remember the, the encouragement that Jehoshaphat got, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged for the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. Like that great song that we sing, that the battle belongs to the Lord. And that's, that's something important because again, sometimes it might feel like, well, well, you know, it's up to us. We have to do it. There are things that we have to do. God always, listen, in, in that story I read, there was very specific instructions. And then in this story, specific instructions, march down, take up your positions and stand firm. And you'll see the deliverance. And that brings me to, to number three. The enemy is always defeated. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 7. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you in one direction, but will flee from you in seven. You know, I, I, that's a great, that whole chapter is great. Hey, Joe, good to see you. That whole chapter is great because it serves as a reminder of, of when, when you line yourself up in obedience with the Lord, these are the things that you could expect. You know, like what, what Lisa and Loretta was saying that without the Lord, you know, it, you, you would have crumbled and people are crumbling. And, and, you know, I, I think honestly, it's up to us. Now, listen, listen, I'm not. This is not directed at anybody. It's just, just, just a general advice. Don't, how can I put it? Cause I'm not, again, I'm, I'm seriously, I have nobody in mind and I, I'm not I, I mean that I do not have one person in mind. I'm just saying in general, when you post stuff, don't post stuff from an angle of, um, like, don't post from an angle of defeat. I, it's okay to talk about the news and to talk about what's happening, but don't post from an angle of defeat because there are people that probably follow you that don't know the Lord and they probably feel like it's hopeless and they're putting all their hope into truck drivers because they have, they have nothing else and that's like all there is. So just don't, don't post things that would come from a position of defeat like, oh, Man, look what they're doing. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, Lisa. Don't post from despair. Because people people are, are looking to us. They know that we have the Lord. And so don't, don't, come, don't come from an angle that, that basically says, oh man, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. Oh man, we're going to run out of food. We're all going to starve to death. Um, you know, don't, don't, don't say stuff like that. Don't say stuff like that. Because when you say stuff like that, like, like Lisa mentioned, it's coming from a place of despair where we have to come from a place of victory. Because what do we just learn in all of these scriptures and these stories that I read? That God gives the victory. He is the victory. That victory has already been won. We just wait for it to, to fully manifest itself in the natural. But it's already been won. So if you come from a, a position of defeat or despair, that's not the Lord. Because you're basically, you've given up. Remember, 
Gideon was looking over an army so vast that they couldn't even see the end of it. It looked like a, a swarm of locusts. And if you've ever seen what that looks like, it's like you, you can't even count them. That's what he saw. But all he needed was his 300 men shouting and the Lord gave them the victory. So don't, don't ever come at things from a place of, of, of defeat. Um, because I'm telling you, people, people are watching, they're looking. They want to see what you're going to say. Because more than likely, you probably have some kind of followers that, that don't know the Lord yet. And so they're going to be seeing the stuff that you post. So just keep that in mind. It's okay to post like actual information of what's happening. We, we need to be aware, 100%. But just, just be mindful of the kind of position that you take. Because what did God say to Jehoshaphat? Take your positions. Not a position of defeat. A position of victory. Stand firm. For the battle is not yours, but, but the Lord's. Wow. I got too excited. <laughs> I think so. The battle is not yours, but the Lord's. I'm going to read a psalm. Um, yes, yeah, some people might want to see you fail. It's possible. Um... I'm going to read a psalm, Psalm 115, and try not to make my thing fall down again. I can't get too excited. Um, psalm 115. Oh, hey Mary, good to see you. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. I'm going to stop there just from the first verse. Like I talked about before. Like I talked about before. God wanted to make sure that his people acknowledge this wasn't from us. This was from, this was the Lord's hand delivering us. That's true. We do need to get excited. Not that I, I, not too much that I break my husband's iPad. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Um, <laughs> but yes, excited. But to your name be the glory. Let's just remember at the end of all this and it's coming. The end is very close of this, whatever it is you want to call it that we're in. Remember that we, to give the glory to God for delivering us, to setting us free from this, I mean, I don't, you know, what do you even want to call it at this point? Not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. But their idols are silver and gold made by the hands of men. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but they cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but they cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats. We don't serve a, a, a God made by the hands of men. We don't serve an idol who can do nothing to us for something that we're just looking at. No, we serve a God that sits in heaven and does whatever he pleases. We serve a God that is the most powerful God, not an idol, not someone who you, you, know, you just pray to him and he does nothing. No, our God is the God, the maker of heaven and earth. So, so the people are going to see, they're going to, they're going to see this. You know, you could, the, the, the trucks are helping out, but, but at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, don't, don't make, listen. And again, I love the trucks. 
I just want to make it clear. Trucks are great. They are leading a revolution. Because the people, like, like I've said many times, the people have the power. Right? And they're showing that. But they aren't the deliverer. God is the deliverer. They might be part of the army, which they are. But God is the one who gives us the victory. O house of Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. That's right. God can use anything. He used those 300 guys who were just like smashing jars and, and blowing trumpets. That's what he used. But ultimately, the deliverance came from his hand. You who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord make you increase, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I believe that too, Joe. Because you know what? This is like, I've never, like I said before, I've never seen anything like this. This is not a normal thing to happen. This country, we're not like that. <laughs> we should be. It's about time that, that we, we, we do something like this. Because the whole world is, is taking notice. And that is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. But, but it, 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 you know, it's kind of like, like at the beginning of this psalm where the nations are saying, well, where is God? Where, where is he? What is he doing? Well, we know where he is. He's in heaven. He's sitting on the throne with Jesus at the right hand. We don't wonder where he is. We know. Yes, Ange, I agree. Because that's probably the better way to be at this point. May, may the Lord make you increase, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. And that scripture is extremely important because it serves as a reminder that we have a part to play on this earth. So if you have your, your Christian friends, maybe, who say stuff like, oh, why are you guys doing all this? You know, God's in control. That's, what, that's the easy, that's a cop-out. That's a cop-out to stop you from your actual uh, responsibility on this. What does it say? The earth he has given to man. We're here to be, uh, um, what, what, is, what does the Bible say about, about the church? The restrainer of the Antichrist. We're here to cause a, a difference on this earth. Like I've said many times, to take people out of the kingdom of darkness and bring them into the kingdom of light. That's what we're here for. We don't just sit at home and say, man, I wish, I wish something would change. Oh man, why does nothing ever change? Nothing ever changes because you don't do anything. You just sit there and you're like, well, and then you end up like those people. Well, well, well why isn't God doing anything? Because how, I mean, how many of those stories do I have to read? God gave instructions. Take your positions, stand firm, blow the trumpet. I don't want to make the thing fall again right? Th these are the instructions that he's given to the people. We do what we can do and he does what we can't do. And that's how it goes. So if, if, if you're wondering why, you know, nothing ever happens, it's because the church has been asleep. 
But I'm so happy to say, so happy to say that there is certainly one church that is not asleep and has not been asleep for like pretty much the whole time. And that's why we're going to start to see change. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, those who go down to silence. It is we who extol the Lord both now and forevermore. Praise the Lord. That's right, Maria. Our prayers, they're powerful and they're working. I'm, I'm telling you, don't, don't um, um, fall into the trap of thinking that nothing's happening, that, that you know, it's just the same old stuff. Don't, don't fall into that trap. Don't. Because that's how the devil gets you to back off, to stop what you're doing, and then forget it. Could you imagine if Gideon said, actually, um, that looks a little tough. Uh, I think we're just going to, I think everyone, I'm just going to send everyone home. I, I don't think so. Then what would have happened? No, he followed the Lord's instructions and the, the Lord sent an unusual confusion. Father, let's pray. Father, I pray right now that you would send an unusual confusion into the camp of our enemy, into the camp of the people that are trying to remove the, the, the God-given rights that are assigned to us as human beings. Father, I pray that as we continue to pray, continue to press in, continue to take our positions and stand firm, that we are going to start to see that victory that's already been won start to manifest itself right now in the natural. I thank you that change is starting to happen. I thank you that we're coming to the end of this difficult season. But, but even in spite of the challenges, you have strengthened your people and you have strengthened your church. Our church will never be the same again after this. It would not have happened had, had these challenges not come. And obviously, it would have been easier if we didn't have to face any challenges. But now we know that you strengthen us for battle and you give us the victory. So, Father, I pray that you continue to strengthen your people. Encourage them. Give them boldness. Give them courage. And fill them with your spirit of joy. That they would remember that the joy of the Lord is their strength. So, Father, I thank you in advance. For great, uh, um, for great changes and for, for things to be made new. And for all of the, 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 everything that the devil is trying to do to destroy his church and to, to destroy your church and destroy your people. Let it all be turned back that the enemy turns on each other. Because they don't know how to deal with the people of God. That they don't know how to deal with people that are strengthened. That understand that nothing is impossible with God. Thank you, Father. And I pray these things. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for that name. Thank you that at the mention of that name. That darkness has to flee. That's right. Expose and destroy every wicked plan of the enemy. Destroy. 
that demonic stronghold that has tried to descend itself, itself up, upon this nation and this province. That, a new, that something new is going to take over. I, I, I thank you for newness today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.